Welcome to the podcast for the Center for Advanced Governmental Studies at Johns Hopkins University. We are a center for teaching and research focused on government, and we are home to master's degree and certificate programs focused on American and international politics and policymaking. My name is Colin Paschal, and I'm a faculty member in the center. On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Dr. Stephen Grenier, the new program director of the Global Security Studies program here at Johns Hopkins. Steve joined the Center for Advanced Governmental Studies earlier this year in 2021, and I was excited to talk with him about his own background and his vision for the Global Security Studies program going forward. Well, welcome, Steve, to our podcast. I'm very happy that you can join me today for a short conversation. And I just wanted to start by having you introduce yourself briefly, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about your professional background before you came to join us here at Johns Hopkins. Okay. Thanks, Colin, and and thanks for having me here today. Uh, Well, first, I'm a first-generation American, and my professional life really started when I enlisted in the Army as a, uh, a combat engineer private. And uh, then uh, continued in the Army Reserve, where, where I uh, eventually uh, was promoted to a, a junior non-commissioned officer to a sergeant. And I did that while I was attending the Citadel as a, uh, a member of the, the Corps of Cadets there. Uh, I then, uh, after graduating college, I was commissioned as an active duty infantry officer, where I served for about four years. And, and then I decided to try out for the Army Special Forces or, or the Green Berets. And, uh, and uh, I, I was successfully uh, uh, brought into that organization. And, and that's where I served for the rest of my active duty career. So for, for about 17 of my 21 years on active duty, I was uh, in, in the Special Forces Regiment. And I conducted a, a, you know, the typical jobs of a special forces officer. And as, as all the other members of my generation, the majority of our time was, was spent overseas, predominantly, at least in my case, in, in Iraq, Afghanistan, and in, in Africa. Uh, but my military career culminated uh, with a tour at the Pentagon. Uh, it was that dreaded tour that I could avoid no longer. And, and, and frankly, it became uh, almost the highlight of, of my career. The, the four years I spent at the Pentagon was incredibly rewarding. I didn't do a typical special operations job in the Pentagon. I actually sought out a position of a, for, of a regional expertise in that uh, I worked regional and, and, and some functional issues. And I was uh, appointed the Director of Canadian Affairs at the uh, Pentagon in the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. And that's where I really feel I was able to incorporate uh, the the training and education that I gained at at Johns Hopkins and other universities and really work in a a variety of of really interesting areas. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for... I was going to say, um, you know, after I I I left the uh, government service and you know retired from the army, and I I then uh, went back to my alma mater uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, at at the Citadel, where I uh, was the associate director for leadership and ethics at the uh, Krauss Center there, and there I participated in the redevelopment of the undergraduate curriculum. I uh, was involved in uh, revising some of the. 
academic integrity policies and other student affairs matters. And I taught a variety of leadership and ethics courses in addition to classes on military history and security studies. And so really that four years that I spent at the Citadel immediately uh, before coming back to Johns Hopkins is really what solidified my decision to pursue uh, uh, my second career in, in academia. Great. Well, it's, it's wonderful to have someone with your breadth of uh, practical experience um, to join us in the program and to join us in the center and to lead your program. Um, I wonder how you, if you could tell me how your educational experiences fit in with that professional background. Like, where did you get your PhD? What is your research focus? Maybe a little bit about your, um, you know, your academic interests and experiences. Sure. Um, really, it, it all started uh, my, you know, a- after my undergraduate experience at the Citadel, um, I, I came to Johns Hopkins in 2005 as a, a graduate student at SICE. And, and really, it, it opened my eyes. And in many ways, Johns Hopkins uh, changed my life in, in, in a good way. And it uh, showed me and introduced me to uh, theories and concepts that I just didn't know existed. And, and through uh, my SICE experience, I had a, a variety of, of, of just wonderful professors and, and classmates, uh, many of whom, especially the professors who I've kept in contact, and, and, and almost all of them are good friends today. And But SICE, the SICE curriculum is very focused in international relations, obviously. And I realized that there was, I, 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 had, um, I had some questions about some domestic uh, political issues uh, facing the United States and, and other countries as well. And so I, I then uh, sought out uh, to uh, attend, I attended graduate school. I followed up my SICE experience at George Washington University. But then I also made my way to the government program at at Johns Hopkins, and that's where my relationship with the advanced academic programs uh, started and the Center for Advanced Government Studies. And so I graduated with a a, a Master's of Arts in Government in 2007. And and really, the combination, uh, my SICE experience was wonderful, but really it was that experience in in the center uh, in that in that government program, and this was before other the government program really was the center at that time, and it really solidified and 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 tied those concepts t- together in in ways that uh, I, I look back and it was it was very exciting. Um, my my Hopkins experience continued in in 2011 uh, when I was returning back to Washington. I was invited to. Uh, to teach in the uh, the newly developed global security studies program as an adjunct faculty member, uh, and I then continued to teach in the global security studies program for the next decade and, and developed um, five courses. And uh, the first uh, five or so years of that experience, I taught exclusively in person. In the latter half, I taught exclusively online when I left Washington and uh, moved back home to Charleston, South Carolina. So uh, really for, for my Johns Hopkins experience, I can, I'm proud to be able to say I, I, can, I have a, a student point of view. I have that, uh, you know, an experience of an alumnus um, and as an adjunct faculty member. Uh, and then of course now as a, as a full-time faculty member. 
Great. Um, do you have any current research projects or sort of what is your substantive focus when you think about the very broad field of global security studies? Um, where do you think you sort of fit into that, that, that constellation of topics and subjects that um, we teach here at Johns Hopkins as a substantive matter, the things that you're maybe most interested or most experienced in? Uh, thanks, thanks, Colin. Uh, my research is, tends to be focused in two uh, broad areas. The first is civil-military relations, where I'm, I'm, I have a project right now that I'm looking at how senior uh, military leaders, uh, military officers more generally, and senior non-commissioned officers interact with policymakers and uh, politicians. Uh, and I feel that this is especially important given the uh, the, the difficult times we find ourselves in, uh, in regards to uh, the, the adverse political discourse uh, going on in our society right now. The second area that I'm, I, uh, my research focuses on is military innovation. And I particularly like to, uh, I'm, I'm examining complex organizations that do not align with one of the four major theories of military innovation. And specifically, I'm looking at elite organizations, the organizations that are have been created for a specific purpose and how they interact with other military organizations as well as uh, Congress and other government agencies in the competition for resources and uh, how they evolve to meet new and emerging threats uh, such as uh, cyberspace, uh, space, and uh, artificial. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Those seem like um, you know fascinating areas of research, which obviously are, I think, quite relevant to, as you said, the times that we live in, and I think fit well into the overall interdisciplinary nature of the our programs under underneath the Center for Advanced Governmental Studies, because we do have, you know, the Global Security Studies program, but we also have the government program and the public management program, all of which I think sort of um, circle around those some of those topics that you you described in your research. So I think that's that's great. And I think a, a nice addition to the expertise that we have here in the Center for Advanced Gov Governmental Studies. Um, you know, you come to us with such this, this broad range of professional experience um, in, in the, the uniform services, within the Pentagon, and also experience working at the Citadel. Um, so I, I'm wondering, you know, now that you're, you've joined us here at Johns Hopkins, what are some of your goals as you lead the Global Security Studies program forward? Um, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years? And what is most exciting about the position right now as you have settled in after your first few months? Oh, thanks. That is, you know, the first thing I can say, and I've been here just over three months, is the what's absolutely obvious to me is that the Global Security Studies program is in great shape. I can't speak uh, highly enough about doc, my predecessor, Dr. Mark Stout. The program is sound. It is healthy. We are attracting uh, incredibly talented and credentialed students, and our faculty is really second to none. Um, I've had a series of conversations with, with faculty, with students, and, and alumni. And there are a couple areas that we're exploring right now. And this, these aren't going to be decisions that will just be made by me, of course. This is, this is going to be a, a kind of a big tent approach. And I think that's the way we, sh we should avoid or approach, excuse me, uh, complex uh, challenges. And one, of, one of the areas that I, we're going to explore a little bit more 
is cyber and, and artificial intelligence. I, I mentioned that is that um, cyber and artificial intelligence are definitely present in the curriculum, but we're looking at ways maybe to highlight that or to enhance uh, those uh, those offerings. Um, and and I don't know exactly how that will look, uh, but but that is clearly an area that is gaining uh, not only a lot of attention uh, in the field, but it is going to affect. Uh, areas much broader than global security studies. And it will serve our students well to have have access to some of the uh, additional uh, theories and concepts that are shaping those fields. The two, uh, you know, two of the other areas that I think we can we can strengthen and broaden a little bit are, are two of our existing concentrations. Um, as, as you know, and probably most people listening to this will know is the security studies program, global security studies program has, uh, has three concentrations, strategic studies, uh, economic security and energy and environmental security. And I see broadening those, those, those latter concentrations, economic security and energy and environmental security, uh, broadening them a little bit more. We, we are seeing you, you can't uh, uh, go uh, a day without hearing the, the impacts of, of, of those areas, whether it's water shortage, climate change, uh, 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 problems with the global supply chain, et cetera, on and on. And these aren't uh, new areas of, of security studies. They're just newish uh, areas. There's areas that we have we, we've seen as, as secondary, secondary to strategic studies, and, and that's clearly not the case. So I think uh, uh, deepening our understanding in those areas um, would be important. Another goal that uh, is, is clear is we want to increase the diversity in our student body. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a wonderful uh, collection of students, uh, but uh, we do not, uh, our, our student body doesn't represent uh, the uh, the field of security studies as much as as I would like. This goes well beyond race, uh, gender, and ethnicity. Those those are incredibly important. It goes beyond that. Uh, where our students attended their undergraduate school, where they come from, what region of the country, or what what countries in the world they hail from, what areas they work in. Uh, you know whether they're in the military or they serve on Capitol Hill or in nonprofits or in think tanks. Uh, but so diversity in the broadest sense of the word word. and and I think that's important because as we bring uh, 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 more diverse students and I should say faculty as well, uh, that allows us to uh, tackle problems in in new ways and find those innovative solutions that uh, that that can only be accomplished by bringing people with different experiences uh, into, the, into the classroom. And then lastly, I would say I'm excited about uh, some of the experiential learning opportunities we have in the program, whether they are uh, simulations or staff rides or academic conferences or uh, podcasts such as this. Uh, there, there are loads of opportunities, especially now that hopefully the COVID is, is on the, the wane, uh, that we're going to be able to uh, continue and to develop uh, new experiential learning opportunities. And, uh, and that, of course, is going to include our alumni, is enhancing the networking uh, opportunities for our current and former students uh, is incredible. 
And all, none of this, I should say, none of this can happen without the active support and participation of our alumni, because they are the ones who are going to know what are the skills uh, and, and knowledge that our students require to be successful in their professional endeavors. Yeah, Steve, I, mean, I just think the, the ideas you have in terms of, you know, the broadening of our curriculum, the, and increasing the, um, the inclusivity of our programs, you know, maybe beyond what we traditionally think in terms of uh, diversity, I think are great directions. And I'm happy to hear you say that. And I'm excited to see, um, you know, the direction that those head in the years to come here. I thought we might end on a, a, a question for, you know, both prospective students maybe considering uh, the degree program in Johns Hopkins and also the current students that might be listening to, the, listening to this. Um, what advice would you have about how to make the, the most of your time as a, a JHU master's student in global security studies and how to, you know, get the most out of it from an academic perspective as well as a, a professional development perspective? Sure. Um, so I'll start first with the prospective student. I mean, there are clearly a, a, a several uh, highly regarded uh, programs like ours that, that teach security studies uh, broadly defined. I would recommend that you, uh, you know, prospective student focuses on a program that has not only a well-qualified faculty, but that is has an engaged faculty, a faculty that truly loves teaching, that truly makes time to work to serve students. Uh, second is, I would say, uh, the accessibility, um, accessibility in cost. Uh, we, we can't ignore the financial uh, commitment that you're making by going to graduate school, but also one that aligns where you are in life. If you are in a job that requires lots of travel or something uh, similar, you're, where, you're, where you're moving around and you can't be in the classroom, you might want to consider a program that offers some uh, or 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 all online program uh, courses, or vice versa. If you know that you're going to be able to attend classes in person throughout the program, uh, that, that just gives you a, a sense of, of how it aligns with you and, and where you are in your life. And then lastly, I would say uh, you want to you uh, attend a program that aligns with your interests and professional goals. Uh, those aren't always one of the same, but when they do align, it's, it's, it's really special. Uh, unlike an ad undergraduate degree where you will take a broad range of courses and you have time to identify your your interests and, and where you want to go, graduate school is becoming more focused. And uh, because of the cost, because of the time commitment as well, you really want to have a sense of, of what goals you, you have once you get out of the program. Uh, now, so for those current students that are, that are in our program uh, now, what would be some, uh, some recommendations? First, I would say um, be well-read. Um, it, it is incredibly important that uh, not only the assigned course readings, but you want to read uh, everything you can get your hands on about a certain topic. Uh, I would also suggest stop watching the television news. It's just a waste of your time. Uh, that's uh, it, it is. Um, I think it's contributing uh, to uh, some of the big problems that are facing uh, facing the world, frankly. I would urge you to take courses that don't align perfectly with your 
interests or with your prior knowledge. Take something that will challenge you. Take a course that you don't know something about, and it could open up a window that uh, and an interest that you didn't know that happened. Um, I would urge you to attend uh, at events, not only here in the Washington, D.C. area, but events that are online uh, as, as well. Um, and, and this will give you access, access to experts, uh, policymakers, and scholars. And, and it's just interesting to hear how they answer questions uh, in person or, you know, that they're, they're a- answer, answering questions on the spot. And then just two more. I would say, um, let's see, I would say know the journals in your field. Know the academic journals in your field. Uh, this is a, a, a question uh, we're going to do a better job in the Global Security Studies program on this, but it is critical that you graduate from, from this program knowing those top 10 or 15 academic journals and how to access them, and, and this is how you're going to become really knowledgeable in the field. And, and then the last recommendation I would say is get to know the Johns Hopkins librarians. They are here to help you. Um, I am surprised by many students who don't utilize the libraries at your, uh, at your, um, uh, that are available to you at, at Johns Hopkins. Uh, th- these these uh, librarians, media specialists are, are not only experts in, in the field that you're uh, researching on, they'll be able to steer you in the right direction. Avoid using that Google Scholar or that Google search use the library and I assure you that your the the source material that you use for your papers and your researches, your research will be a much higher quality and that will allow you to be uh, uh, write better papers and to uh, your analysis will be more sound. Yeah, Steve, what you're saying very much resonates with me, um, especially the points you just made to current students about leveraging the librarians and reading very broadly. I teach in the government program, um, one of the research and thesis courses. And one of the things I tell students is that there are so many resources today on the internet and journals and books that uh, you, you almost need a guide in order to know how to, to navigate the very complex informational you know, ecosystem, if you will. And if you have someone there to provide you that resource, you can, you can access all this so much more easily. And I think it's one of the great things about Hopkins is that we have that available, you know, a great, great, great library system that allows you to access, you know, almost anything you need to learn, you can learn um, here at Johns Hopkins with our, what we have available. So um, that very much uh, strikes a, strikes a tone for me, for sure. Well, great, Steve. It's, it's wonderful to talk with you. Um, I'm so happy that you are a, you know, now a colleague here at the Center for Advanced Governmental Studies. I'm so excited to hear about um, uh, you know, your plans for the Global Security Studies Program. And um, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Center for Advanced Governmental Studies at Johns Hopkins University. To learn more about our center, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.